Hi, anyone and everyone. Welcome to Have You Heard About This Case. My name is Sam. And my name is Kelly. Today I wanted to discuss a wild crime that is still going on. It's updates are as of 2023. And it's been under investigation for over 30 years. And I hope oh. I hope the perpetrator is still alive, though he could be really old, and I hope he's brought to justice. But there's every chance this guy could be dead. Who knows? But before before we get into what details we do have, Sam, what's our question today? My question is, what is your favorite, like, cold day activity? Because I think most of the country is dealing with these crazy winter storms right now. Oh my god, y'all. And we have been... So cold in Chicago. Y'all, are you as cold as we are here in Chicago? Comment on our Instagram and let us know. <laughs> it's so cold here. And from what I've heard, yeah, Sam's right. It's cold everywhere. And my favorite cold day activity is kind of predictable. Uh, and that is I love to curl up on a in a blanket with my book. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been having a little trouble reading lately. So now that it's super cold, I'm like, well, can go ahead and check out what's going on. I usually read nonfiction and most of the time true crime, just in case, you know, we run across something. And so that's been my activity while we have been in the negatives here what about you, Sam? Um, kind of similar. I'm not as much of a reader. I'm, I'm an audiobook person. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that when I was back home that we would always do is make a big pot of my mom's chili, which is like Ooh. the best thing ever. And just chill around all afternoon watching movies, like just back to back as a family. Oh my god, that sounds so much fun because like on a cold day, you either want my mom used to make chicken the best chicken noodle soup. And I think that's why mm-hmm. my mom would make that too. I think every mom has their own version yes. and every kid loves their mom. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that those are the kind of two traditional things we all crave. When it gets this mm-hmm. cold, which is chicken noodle soup and chili. <laughs> Every When I still go home, my mom still sends me home with, like, uh, Ziploc bags of her chili to put in my freezer. Oh, yes. <laughs> she just makes it better than I could ever make it, ever. I totally understand. We have stuff like that in my family that I'm like, I would not eat anything else. Yeah, and I am not ashamed to say that I am in my 30s and I still take home food from my mom because yes! it's better. Yes! And the thing is, dear listeners, I am not much of a cook. And by not much, I mean I'm terrible at it. And my mom is fantastic <laughs> at it. And she makes the chicken noodle soup in a pressure cooker. And Oh, nice. I First of all, I don't know what a pressure cooker is except that it like rattles and steams. And I don't <laughs> I have know. one. If you want to try to remake it, we can have a soup day. I, I have no <laughs> idea how to make it is the thing. Like, it's like... 
But we just need to call your mom and make an attempt. We need to finally ask her to pass it down because in my family, there is a passed down recipe. It was my grandmother on my dad's side. My dad, who was busy running the streets with Danny Green, his mom was busy making the best baked beans I've ever tasted in my life (laughs) because she wrote down the recipe and it's my grandmother's baked beans and when i went to england with my in-laws and they presented me english breakfast baked beans i was like these are unacceptable so those are very different those are so different yeah i've tried (laughs) i've tried to get a chili recipe from my mom Mm -hmm. but her answer always is i just walk around the grocery store and just pick out things that look tasty and chili (laughs) there's no measurements (laughs) nothing (laughs) So, I can't, I just can't do it. <laughs> I I threw my head back in laughter and my headphones flew off my head. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> she just picks what, she's like, that'd be good. And she, you know, when you think about it, that is a fantastic way to shop for chili. I'm just like, how can I recreate this? Like, I can't. Right. What am I supposed to do? Like, you don't even pick out the same thing at the same time. <laughs> like, yeah. But every time it is so good. Oh, my God. Whatever she does, it's wonderful. And I love her chili. She just has the gift. She has the chili gift. She does. And I hate tomatoes. I do, too. Like, I hate eating tomatoes in anything. But her chili. Yeah. It's Filled with tomatoes. Yeah. It's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hate a tomato, too. Another reason why the English breakfast is just not for me, because I hate tomatoes. <laughs> and my mother surely has tomatoes in it, too. Sorry, Mom. I don't remember. But I eat it like it's... I eat it like I'm the only one who's allowed to have food. like quickly in huge amounts just it's bad (laughs) yeah now now i want to go back up to wisconsin and get some chili oh yeah oh yeah but oh even though this is so warm and cozy i want to talk to you about a case that has been cold like i said for 30 years so What's wild to me first about this, and I'm going off book a little bit, Sam, I don't, I usually pretty much stick to my script when I read to you guys. I say, I'm not seeing this in here because yeah. I, I never read your script ahead of time, but I follow along. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> y'all, y'all might be used to hearing me sound kind of a little robotic because I usually just read exactly what I write. But in this case, there is so much missing that I just want to clear up and clarify that the girl with the scorpion tattoo is just a nickname. And I also was unable, the victim, the the girl with the scorpion tattoo, who is the victim, I was unable to find almost any information about her childhood, including her birthday. Oh, wow. I couldn't even find her birthday. So it can be hard to find stuff, but even that. Yeah. No, nowhere. It was nowhere. I checked, like, I, I had to do a lot of sources for this one, y'all, because it's cold, so there's not 
much else to add, but it would be something to add if we had her birthday. We don't have her birthday. We don't... I'll let you in on how much we don't know, and we can talk about it. But upon Christine Belusco's birth, she was immediately placed for adoption as an infant with a family in New Jersey who raised her, James Clinton, a spokesperson for the Richmond County DA's office set. As I said, I consulted many sources in this research and have not even been able to find Christine Belusco's birthday. Her adoptive parents were Frank Belusco, a New Jersey glass molder, and Dorothy, an auto body dealership secretary. Christine's biological mother lived in New Jersey and had eight other children, according to the New York Times. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's a lot of kids. And I can see why you might be like, nine is too many. So Christine was the youngest of those then nine kids? That we don't know. That I assume because she was the one placed in adoption and the other yeah. and the other articles said she had eight other children. So it made it sound like she had them in her home or maybe she adopted out all her children. Like I said, most of this like here is like grainy and murky. Like it, it it's just for this when I was doing the research, it feels a lot like the Black Dahlia. Because everybody says mm-hmm. The Black Dahlia, and they forget her name is Elizabeth Short, and she was a woman. And just like this, right. they always say the girl with the scorpion tattoo, and she was a woman, and we will meet her. We've already met her. Her name's Christine Belusco. And everything about her is sort of just, I know it's cold, it's been 30 years, but there's got to be a a birth record somewhere. I don't know. If right. She, yeah, I don't know. Especially if they already know who the mother is. It's not yeah. like they, they don't have that information. Right. And, you know, if her biological mother gave her, it said she was immediately placed for adoption. So if she was placed for adoption, she would have to at least sign that paperwork. That says, right. that says whether it's an open or closed adoption, you know, and then we would at least have her name. Nothing. Nothing. Hmm. So weird. Christine Belusco lived in Clifton, New Jersey, where she was raised, but it seems as she grew up to adulthood, she spent more time in New York City. There in... New Jersey, obviously, it's easier to pop over to the city than it sounds. Yeah, and I think that's pretty common mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for just teenagers to, then into adulthood to want to go to a city. That's what I did. It is 42 minutes by car. Clifton, New Jersey to... Oh, that's nothing. Clifton, New Jersey to quote New York. So it could be less than that. It could be like a half hour and she's in New York. Google Maps is just picking a central New York station. So it's like easy. It would be easy for her to jump over there. Yeah, that's, that's not much at all. No. And so then Christine announces to her family that she had the intention to move to Florida. 
And I did not see anywhere that her family found that odd. I think maybe they just thought she was becoming adult. She was becoming an adult and she wanted to move. And now... Yeah, maybe there was job opportunities or something. Yeah, exactly. Or she's, you know, she doesn't want to be in New Jersey anymore. She wants to be in the warm weather. She has She... The important thing is, there are a ton of reasons to move to Florida, but she did tell her family that she had the intention to move to Florida. Okay. Christine was also a single mother to her daughter, Krista, and she was working at a boutique called Rainbow Shops to support them prior to this move. Okay, so this is in either Jersey or New York. Yeah, probably in Jersey. Probably in Jersey. Krista's father was not in the picture at all, and his identity has never been determined. And oh, interesting. Yeah, we'll discover why. And also, all you dusty dads out there, take care of your kids. And those of you who aren't <laughs> dusty dads, good for you. I applaud you. <laughs> so Krista was born, we have records here, Krista was born August 1st, 1989. Okay. Frustratingly, not much has been able to be found by myself, at least. Like I said, in Christine's childhood in New Jersey, what happened? Or even her age at Krista's birth. Because I don't know her birthday. <laughs> so... Right. And this is all long before social media and stuff where it makes it a lot easier for us to find that information. Right. Exactly. And so there's just not a lot of information, but it also baffles me that there's not a lot of information because as we'll see, she has living relatives. Yeah. It, it just depends on how close the family is. Because honestly, I have a ton of cousins I don't know when any of them were born. Right. No, no, no. I understand what I just, what baffles me is the living siblings couldn't even give their sister's birthday. If it, if they were young enough and it was never talked about growing up. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you might eat, there's, there's another part of this story that fits right into that growing up. So it just does confused me a bit that if the cop showed up at your door, you know, and asked for, like, right. any information about your sister and you didn't give us too much or hardly anything, I don't know. It's, I don't know. But I think you're... I'm leaning toward your opinion now that, you know, if they're just not close, they're just not close. I say, I have, I have so many cousins. I have a very big family. I am the youngest mm -hmm. of them all. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't there like when they were born or anything. Uh, but even like their kids, because we're all obviously adults now. I don't know any other birthdays. I can't tell you what years they were born. Sometimes. Like, I don't know any of that. They were, and, yeah, exactly. They were like, they were born sometime, day or night. So, so yeah, uh, I have no idea. Yeah, you're right. And, and, Christine discovered she was adopted. Oh, so she didn't know. Okay, so this is where I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Because the word in the research was discovered. Uh, and she left home in July 1991. When she found out 
she was adopted, she again told her family that she was moving to Florida. And I can't say if these two things are related to each other, if her parents like kept the adoption a secret from her or how she found out or if that was part of I think she had stated she wanted to go to Florida before. But I think if they had kept the secret from her, it may have escalated that timeline. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, just based on those few facts that we do have. Yeah, it seems like they may have kept it from her, that she was adopted. However, I do not know. That could be a reason why they weren't necessarily concerned. Well, not, not concerned, but not surprised if she did want to leave to Florida. Yes. Yes. That understandably that's kind of, that's that's a lot of trauma to realize at any age. I couldn't I can't understand it because I've never done it, but I imagine it's a great feeling of dysregulation in your life and you maybe want to be somewhere new and set some new routines. I do not know yeah. from personal experience. But I also don't know from Christine's experience if these two things are even related. Right. They, they could be just two separate instances. Yeah, two separate things. Because she, she was mentioning she wanted to move to Florida. If, if she was like, wow, why did you keep it a secret? I don't know. And hours after leaving home, she was said to have briefly stayed at the Mount Airy Lodge in the Poconos in Pennsylvania. This is confirmed by Clinton, who is spokesperson for the Richmond County DA's office. Mm -hmm. It will also become important as the last place Christine and Krista were seen alive. Okay. So noodle on it that they're in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'm trying to like make sure I remember that. Is that in route from New Jersey to Florida? It could have been, I imagine, you know? depending on the route you take. It could have been, I imagine. So that's what I'm wondering. Because wouldn't that that'd be a little bit more west? But you could easily dip into Pennsylvania, I feel like, on your way south from New Jersey. So it would just be interesting if it was like off track a bit. No, it is off track a bit. It is, actually. Okay. So the Poconos, the Pocono Mountains, again, these are... And these are just Google Maps deciding a point in the Pocono Mountains and in New Jersey. So they're two and a half hours away from each other. And they could have... Oh, so you probably wouldn't go that far west if you're going to Florida. Yes, it looks like had you intended to go to Florida, you would head south toward Philly. I'm looking at their road maps mm -hmm. right now. Rather than over what northwest to the Pocono Mountains. But maybe she just Okay. I was gonna say I don't know the geography of Pennsylvania, so Yeah, maybe I don't know if that was like right over the border. No, it's good to look it up. So maybe she just wanted to get away for a little while before going to Florida because she just found out a lot of stuff in her life. I can't really explain this presence at the Mount Airy Lodge. Other than it's the last place they've been seen. And maybe she went there for any number of reasons. But maybe to recover from the news? I don't know. This almost sounds like a Maura Murray situation. What do you mean? Do, do you know the Maura Murray case? Do where I? she 
disappears. Oh, if you don't know this case. Hold on, let me look at it. This is a big one. Let me. Oh, I don't think I know this one. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, this is like girl. the case that I started with in podcasts. I highly recommend anyone to go listen to Tim and Lance's podcast, Missing Maura Murray. Um, I think it's just called Missing now. I think they've kind of concluded their Maura Murray section on it. But it's like a hundred episodes of their investigation into the case. Wow. Um, wow. Wow. It's wow. fantastic. I highly recommend it. But it's it's a big case. And it's it's a young woman who was in college and drove off into the White Mountains in New Hampshire. Well, assumingly uh-huh. towards the White Mountains. Yeah. And disappeared after a car accident. And complete mystery. Huh. But sorry to derail no, you. That's just what I was thinking. It's funny. <laughs> It's funny because you derailed me directly to my next sentence, which was, after the mysterious exit of Christine and Krista, not much was heard from the family, given that Christine was an adult. So is that you're referring to family as in... Christine's family. The Clintons or her birth family? No, yeah. Her birth family is not in the picture at all. Okay. I'm thinking there was... No communication with her. Not the the Kaluskos. He was the the spokesperson. Oh, yeah. No, Clinton is the spokesman for the DA. So he's just reporting facts. But her adoptive parents, the Beluscos, they're they're just not much was heard from Christine and Krista. Hmm, Interesting. Yeah. And this lack of communication, however, would lead to a tragedy. Because, and again, I have so little preamble in this because there is so little out there. What motivated this? Because the body of Krista's mother, Christine Belusco, was found, quote, brutally beaten, strangled, and burned, end quote, on Staten Island's east shore by two employees from the nearby psychiatric hospital who were walking by and found her. And initially thought she was a mannequin, according to the New York Times. So she somehow made it all the way back to New York. Thank you for noticing. If I, if you, yes, she's in Staten Island. Question mark? Huh. Right. How far is Staten Island from where she lived in New Jersey? Um, I think. So it would be pretty close. Maybe a little bit further. Well, I guess depending on where you are. 45 minutes by car. 45 minutes by Okay, so it's basically the same, similar distance as just New York itself. Right. It's just odd. But clearly on the other side of home from where she was. Right, yeah. And it's just odd that, it's odd to me that she announced her intention to move to Florida. And then she went to the Poconos in Pennsylvania, and I was still on board. And I was like, okay, maybe she's just taking a little beat for herself. But then her body is found in Staten Island. Yeah, that's quite bizarre. That's very weird. And then, horrifying, no one could yet know that Christine's two-year-old daughter, Krista Nicole, was also missing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you know how long it would have taken to identify her? Because Oh, we'll talk about if it. If it took a while to identify her, you, you, we'll talk. they wouldn't know about her daughter. We'll talk about it, you guys. And trigger warning for just um, violence 
of what happened to Christine Belusco. This should give you insight. Christine Belusco's only identifiable trait recognizable was a scorpion tattoo. Hence the, the nickname. Yes, hence the nickname. And this was due to the tattoo. It's on her, It was on her buttock. She had a little scorpion on her butt, the location of which was reported by the New York Times. So authorities began to use the term, the girl with the scorpion tattoo, for this Jane Doe who would lay there for decades. And is this, this is still uh, 91, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yes, this is 91. We'll get into, here's a little more about when and where and how. Because Christine's remains were found in a field of weeds off the roadside across from the South Beach Psychiatric Center. And this center was in a neighborhood of Staten Island on the East Shore. She was found just after dawn on September 20th, 1991. So we're still working in 1991 forensics communications territory right which dna's yeah barely a thing at this point barely barely and not everybody has a cell phone in their pocket you know like Mm -hmm. lots of stuff what's sad for me is so september 20th 1991 that means that she only left her parents home two months before yeah because she left in july so I just this might be an early question, but do they know how long she was there before her body was found? Early question. Don't worry. It's coming up in this paragraph. OK, because I'm like, if she's gone for two months, was she there for a whole month or was she there for a couple of days? Let me tell you, it was one of the hardest pieces of information to come up with that I could find. And luckily, one source had it reported how long she may have lay there. So she, at the time of her death, Christine was wearing a black dress with a pink collar and pockets, Tom McGann sneakers, two gold chain necklaces, and a ring with a watch face on it. Remember watch rings? Yes. Remember they came back in the (laughs) nineties. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We definitely had them when I was a kid in like the mid nineties. Right. And this is 91. So we're, we're, we're kids around now. We're getting these fake probably ring watch faces and, but hers, I'll, I'll post a picture of it on our Instagram. It appeared to be a functioning watch. Just a ring. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those when I was a kid. Which, which is pretty cool because once I was old enough, I was like, I want one. And by then they had already fallen out of fashion. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) She also had a pack of Newport cigarettes and 30 cents in change. So nothing about this is for robbery. Nothing. Which I'm sure you right. know. You can you can tell. The, yeah. the change wasn't stolen. The chain necklaces weren't stolen. Like, nothing was missing. But now mm-hmm. we're going to talk about what you just asked, which is a very smart question. Her body had been at the scene which was near 777 Seaview Avenue, since at least 6 o'clock the night before her body was found, David Nelson added. He's the spokesman for the DA. Okay. This time estimate was offered by NBC News, 
and it is the only source I found on how long Christine's body may have laid there. And assuming the sunrise was around 6 a.m., just a guess there, she may have laid in the elements for 12 hours, maybe. So, I okay, I still have a lot of questions because I feel like this article is trying to say something without saying something. What? But the wording that her body had been at the scene since six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Does this seem to p- be dumping ground or where the murder occurred? So that wording to me seems more like dumping ground. I think you're a hundred percent correct. I think dumping ground. I think dumping ground because it was a field of weeds. I'm not sure how big this right. field was because, again, this is in 91. I could look at a map, but that field of weeds is probably New York condos by now, you know? Right. And do we, do you know, because you said her, her body looked like a mannequin yeah. to the, the two people who found her. Correct. So I'm assuming there wasn't a ton of decomposition at that point. So presumably her death would have been pretty close to the time of being dumped like correct in my probably opinion within a day in my opinion correct okay in that's my... what i'm trying to get at is yes. like how, when would she have been murdered there's a notes column in there sam that said what time did they find her when <laughs> oh really i never look at those those note sheets for you <laughs> oh yeah the notes things it's always like me written down with like three question marks like well who the hell found her or something similar to that And so she may have laid in the elements for 12 hours. I think that she was killed because the DA's office said six o'clock the night before her body was found. So that's also interesting to me. Like, how did they determine that? I don't know. Did someone else see her? I don't know if they did it through like maybe lividity or that could possibly be. A factor. Once you hear more details about the condition her body was in, it may inspire more questions. It may answer more questions. I say, I have a lot of questions and I might be asking them too early. No, it's okay because this may create more questions and this may answer some questions. That's what I'm trying to do with this whole episode because I have tons of questions and I want them. I want answers. (laughs) I want answers. And so I think. She could have been killed before six o'clock that day. Like, I think she was alive from when they saw her in the Poconos two months after she left her parents' house to now within Staten Island. I think she was alive until that day when she was found six o'clock. But again, it's going to be difficult to tell when I recount to you the state. So, wait, do we know the exact dates that she was in the Poconos? We don't, actually. We just know she was okay. seen Because I know you said that she was there. She was. Um, I just kind of had the assumption that that was right after she left home, but I realized, glancing back, that that's, that wasn't clearly said. It could, yes, um, she could have stayed there. She could have been moving all around. She could have just stayed at the Poconos. Yeah. The problem is with this case being so cold is most people are just saying she spent some time of a mountain in the Poconos. You know, they're not like focusing on that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but how long was she there? Was she traveling around? But either way, I agree with you that 
she was probably killed close to the day they found her. Yeah, based on what you've said, that that's what it seems like. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Oof. Here we go, guys. Underneath Christine's body, a hammer was found. Engraved in this hammer's handle was the name Lloyd L. And what I'm going to do for you with hmm. this hammer's handle is tell you how it's spelled. It's spelled L-O-Y-D-L. Okay? Yeah, Just, it's different. Exactly. Just pointing that out. And police are unable to identify the killer or determine the woman's identity, which left the case unsolved for the time being. It's also interesting that the hammer was underneath her. Yes. So that was tossed out first. Exactly. It seemed like they were trying to dump everything that occurred. Like they threw out, they were like, get rid of the hammer, get rid of her, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. It it seemed like that's why I heavily am with you jumping area. And one individual with the name Lloyd L, L-O-Y-D-L, was identified. Like Lloyd L, like the last initial. Lloyd is the Mm -hmm. first name. And so they have one that was identified, but quote, that's as far as it got, according to D.A. McMahon. This particular hammer, the New York Times reported, was often used by auto body workers to get rid of dents in vehicles. So it's it's a, it's not your typical, like, I'm going to go to a hardware store and pick up a hammer. No. No, it is not. It is a special, it is an auto body hammer. So I would hope, I don't know, again, it's 91, I wonder if they asked this Lloyd L if he had any relationship to being a mechanic or any such thing i'd be blown away if they didn't yes and unfortunately though the lloyd l identified was in a unique spot because the investigators had no reason to hold him according to da mcmahon quote there was no other indication that he was involved he couldn't be prosecuted or exonerated at that time given the circumstances we knew end quote yeah, unfortunately, you see that a lot, but yeah. it's, it's the law. That's what, that's what you got to do. Yeah, and um, the DA also confirmed that this man, uh, unfortunately, has since died. So we're unable to pursue that anymore. So they're running up against a wall here, too. He very well could have been the one who murdered Christine because there was nothing to exonerate him. However, he's innocent until proven guilty. Right, exactly. Like that, It needs to happen that way. That's how it goes. And I just wish they could have had a chance to pursue this more, like get a warrant or bring him in for more questioning, but maybe he didn't have any background that they could get a warrant for. Right, yeah, there needs to be background information there. Yeah, they need more. And I say this because I find the spelling of Lloyd to be unique, and that's why I spelled it for you. This individual spelled it L-O-Y-D, just like what was engraved on the hammer. And every Lloyd I've ever met is usually spelled L-L-O-Y-D. Are, is it like that for you, Sam? Yeah, but I'm also just thinking about it. The, the 90s was a big time for change. Mm-hmm. 
as well. And I, I don't think it was necessarily very uncommon for people to start having kind of oddly spelled names to be a little bit different. I feel like when we were kids, that was a bit more common. And obviously, like, he would have been probably born in, like, 50s, 60s, 70s. I'm assuming he's at least in his 20s. Yeah, exactly. You think you would hope. But also, like, maybe it's a family name. It's just an odd detail, and that's why I kept it. It is odd. It's an odd detail. And I think it'd be a big... I haven't met many Lloyds in my life. <laughs> um, but I feel like probably the couple I've met have been spelled with two L's. But honestly, I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've met a few and all of them have been with two L's. And I, I mean, I think it would be a big coincidence if this Lloyd who li- lived nearby, if his hammer just churned up there. Yeah, no, it definitely is odd. Definitely odd. Yeah, because be- because they were able to find a man with that exact spelling and that exact last initial. It's very, it's odd. I just wish they were able to link him to that murder weapon or eliminate him from the investigation in 1991. Because just right. as much as I want them to see if his DNA is on there, I also want him to be able to be ruled out if he didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so... This is where it stands in 1991 until the DA revisited Christine's case in 2008. At this point, she is still simply referred to as Jane Doe or the girl with the scorpion tattoo. Detectives on the homicide case submitted her DNA to CODIS and dental records to the FBI, but that didn't result in any new leads Her fingerprints were entered into state and local databases in an attempt to identify her, and sketches of her, her tattoo, and her jewelry were shared with the public, according to Nelson. Surprised it took till 2018 just to release that stuff. 2008. uh, 2008. I agree. I agree. And I'm also surprised that it took this long to... I can't say they didn't circulate an image of her or her tattoo. Fair, yeah. But it's not mentioned until 2008. And in 1991, they at least had newspapers, so I would have been able to see if they had distributed anything prior to 2008, and I didn't see it. Right. Um, What happened to her daughter, then? You mentioned that people wouldn't know. Okay, because I'm just like, we're now many, many years later. Exactly. After years of frustration but dogged pursuit, Christine's case was again opened in 2019. This was due to McMahon, the DA, his desire to use forensic genealogy in a joint effort that pulled together the FBI, the NYPD, and the New York Medical Examiner's Office. Through all this work and the many years, Christine again was identified about two years later. She was no longer just the girl with the scorpion tattoo. District Attorney Michael E. McMahon announces that detective work combined with forensic genealogy solved the identification of Christine's body. So she had laid for years unable to be identified, as this was April 2019, and she was now once more Christine Belusco, which I love. It's just weird that her family... I'm assuming never reported her missing since you haven't talked about it. We're going to talk about that too. I got a lot of questions because the 
year that Christine is identified is unique. It's 2021 Christine is identified. I thought you said 2019. It says April of 2019. She was once more Christine Belusco. Oh, yeah. In tr- yeah. In 2021 is when they they find her family. I mix up my dates. Okay. So, yeah. No, I just wanted to make sure that, okay. Yeah, but- in 2021, this is the year they're going to talk to the family. Two years after mm-hmm. identifying her to talk to her family? It's possible. It just surprises me. It is possible because I have, in 2021, investigators had turned to recently approved genealogy forensics. They identified Christine after they submitted her blood and tissue to a Houston lab in 2019, zeroing in Oh, so on... it may have taken two years to identify her. Yes. That's entirely possible. They submitted yes. it in 2019, but she was identified in 2021. Correct. That makes a lot more sense. Because we'll see here in the submission in 2019, they were able to zero in on possible DNA matches in New York and New Jersey which might have caused the two-year gap there. And then, and once they've narrowed the field, they're able to obtain a DNA swab from Christine Belusco's biological brother. So, and this is all according to the New York Times. So they're then able to confirm without a doubt that it is Christine Belusco and it is 2021. The police are playing it close to the chest on this one. It's 2021 and they've identified her, but nothing yet has happened. And we're going to discuss about some of the things that do. So there is a press conference that's held in 2023 where everyone is sort of 2021. The families know, the authorities know, that's it. And then in 2023 is when they inform the public that she has finally been identified. Interesting. Exactly. Interesting, yeah. Uh, I don't know. And at the 2023 press conference, McMahon was open that they had used forensic genealogy, which has helped solve similar decades-old cold cases after, quote, every other methodology had been tried. If we can use genealogy to get tips to other facts that would help us close out a case, I see no ethical problem, he said, adding that authorities would not pursue a conviction based on genealogical records alone. Yeah, that's still such a controversial topic. You know what's funny? I didn't realize it was a controversial topic until... Oh, really? I mean, I knew that some people were like, it's deceptive to have you know, your family member enter information and you be, uh, you know, incriminated or so. I didn't know it was quite so hot button to be like an ethical issue. I thought it was just like mm-hmm. a privacy. So are your rights being violated? Yeah, I thought it was a privacy invasion thing, not a like civil rights being violated thing. But Yeah, there's a lot to that conversation. Yeah, there is. But he... In this case, McMahon is standing by it because he is right. They tried everything else. They tried everything else. And there's not much, unfortunately, for them to try. Once again, when we go back in time and I tell you what's going on at crime scene, 
because this is just 2023. We're moving toward, we're moving through the timeline of Christine Belusco. We haven't even touched yet what's going on with Krista or the crime scene itself in detail. So her biological brother gives investigators a test DNA swab. McMahon had always been hopeful that with the new technology, they could identify the Jane Doe that for which they had opted, adopted the name, the girl with the scorpion tattoo. As Christine had one, and it was one of the only identifying markers on her body due to her body's condition. He said, quote, despite the incredibly dedicated work of the NYPD at that time, authorities were unable to identify her or locate the person who took her life so savagely and viciously at such a young age, end quote. So we know she was young. We know she was a young mother. We still don't know her birthday. But according to D.A. McMahon, she was a young woman. That's all I got. Yeah, probably like 20s. Probably, I imagine, given the time period, maybe a little older, mid-20s. And McMahon is undeterred because just as he had hoped, the new technology was available. And he said, quote, nearly 30 years later in a joint effort with the FBI, incredible team of detective investigators working with the NYPD detectives, picked up the case, and began working it together. We employed the use of forensic genealogy technology, unavailable in 1991, but invaluable in today's law enforcement world to bring closure and justice to those touched by crime. End quote. Yeah, like the the genealogy technology is fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's done a lot of great work. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. It's what solved the Golden State Killers. Yes. It's solving a bunch of things. So McMahon makes all these statements here that I've just given to you at a 2023 press conference where they reveal Christine's identity to the general public. In June 2021, the authorities and the family are the only ones who know. Her... Identified living relatives were sought out by authorities, including her brother. It was at this time they found out that she had a two-year-old daughter, Krista Nicole, at the time of her death, that was now currently missing, Nelson said. They, they never knew until her brother told them. But my question with this is, this is her biological brother, one of the eight Correct. siblings. Correct. How did he know she had a biological daughter? I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm wondering here, because she came forward to her adoptive parents saying, I know I'm adopted, or they told her, whichever one. And did she seek out her birth family, or did she meet them before she approached her parents about it? And so that's how he knew she had a daughter if it happened it wasn't recorded well that's why i'm wondering it's like it's all speculation but yeah if it happened, why would he know unless the the adoptive family contacted the birth family 
to say, hey, she's missing. We don't know where she is. Right. You would think they would report it to police if that happened. Or somehow they connected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's likely possible they could have contacted the biological family and said, listen, she's disappeared. She may be with you. I don't, I'm not sure. And so it was at this time, June 2021, they find out she had a missing two-year-old daughter. And they never knew. Until the brother told them. See, that just makes me think that her bio- that her uh, adoptive family didn't care to report her missing. They didn't. I don't think or so. Or believed that she made the decision to leave on her own. Cool. But if they were to then contact the brother and say, hey, is she with you? Wouldn't that raise enough concern? Right. Like, that's why, that, like, that's why I'm thinking, like, maybe they connected brother and sister before she went missing versus the family reaching out to biolo- the biological family. Yeah, during that two months before she goes missing. Yeah, before- or even maybe before that. If she yeah. approaches her adoptive parents and says, I know I'm adopted, or her adoptive parents tell her, she could have been on a quest to find them and did. Absolutely. And whether it was before or after those two months, who knows? Absolutely. That's completely possible. And that's why I put in there that I think her adoption is important because those two months she was spotted in the Pocono, sure, but she might not have been there the whole time. She might have been researching her biological family and reconnecting with them or leaving Krista with them. I I don't know. I was about to ask, is potentially one of the many siblings in the Poconos. That I do not know. All I know is that so they, I was just curious if yeah. she, why else would she go there? Exactly. If why she's on this potential quest. This is all speculation. But if she's on this potential quest, we do know that the mother, the biological mother was from New Jersey. So she's not that far from Pennsylvania. One of her eight biological children could have been in the Poconos. I don't know. I don't know. Did I'm just kind of like spitballing ideas, but no, but you're right. And it, I it just kind of makes sense. I just don't want to accuse Christine of leaving her daughter with her adoptive family, but I do want to put forth that it's could be a possibility in those two months. There could be like, we, we did Timothy Pitson mm-hmm. recently and there could have been so many reasons. So we, we don't know where Timothy Pitson is, but mm-hmm. supposedly he's with people who would care for him. And we hope he is. We hope that he's living a good life. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows if this could have been something similar. Exactly. Never know. And I will get there, too. And so Krista Nicole Belusco is listed as going missing on September 20th, 1991, and that she was missing from Staten Island, New York. However, the last time Krista was seen was about a week prior with her mother, Christine, at Mount Airy Lodge in Mount Pocono, Pennsylvania. She had disappeared at huh. just two years old. As of May 2023, she would be 33 but she has not been seen since. And this inspires a lot of questions to me. I'm sure to you too. 
And yeah. So Krista had been seen a week before September 20th, according to KIRO News Seattle. Why was she not reported missing until September 20th? So wait, so she was like retroactively reported missing? Yeah, she's already gone and they reported her. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But this is like they're saying this in 2023, we believe she went missing on September 20th, 1991. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, that is weird. Like, what what happened in that week and why do they believe she was in Staten Island when she was seen the week before? Yeah, that's my next question, which is why was Krista reported missing from her home residence or... You know, close to home residence, Staten Island, and not her last location, which would be Mount Airy, Pennsylvania, where she was last seen, as reported by the Charlie Project. I wonder if there's some sort of evidence that's not released that tells investigators that. Yeah. And I should mention, you probably heard me, this could be the first mention of the Charlie Project. There might be a couple more. I pulled a lot of information from them. They are a very good resource on missing people. Just pe- like they don't focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Charlie Project is great. Yeah, they don't focus on like Amber Alerts, like on children, or Silver Alerts, like on adults. They just focus on reporting missing people. And I was able to find a ton about Krista that I'm going to share later in the episode but unfortunately again it's been decades and so another thing i want to know was was she alone for a period after her mother's murder or was she taken as part of the crime like abducted or trafficked yeah i don't know so yeah it seems like there isn't any evidence of anything no because i'll tell you that later the police say that they do not know where the child was during her mother's murder. Hmm. Right? Okay. <laughs> right? Like, so, because if she was there, maybe they're keeping it close to the chest. Like, maybe she's been abducted and we'll find her and we won't let on to the people. Like, we'll let we'll let the perpetrators think she's dead and that we're not still looking for her. I don't know. But it's not clear where she was or if she was taken as part of the crime. Either way, she's missing. Yeah, with the wording of some of this, it does feel like there's information that hasn't been released. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't know how much they are keeping back there are there is a note in here toward the end that they're all all highlight certain areas where they are keeping things back purposefully I say hold back evidence is a very important thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and none of her family her living relatives knew that christine had been murdered when the police came to interview them they all assumed she was living safely in florida According to the Charlie Project. According to the New York Times, you, like, since Christine had discovered she was adopted, she had drifted away from those family members that adopted her. But to not have contact for yeah. 30 years? I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Because in 
Yeah, September 20th, 1991, your niece is reported missing, and did you never call... uh, the All at the bottom of this paragraph, I have questions. Like, I understand, like, I'm coming around to your point of view that not, like, at the beginning, that not all families are super close, and maybe she kept that distance purposeful because she was adopted, but you would think they would at least check in, like... Hey, you alive? Cool. I'm alive too. Well, I just, I feel like there's, there's a lot of potential here. So specifically having to do with her adoption. Mm-hmm. I, I like just, this is 100% speculation, but if she found out she was adopted and that was something that came as a shock to her and mm-hmm. something that she felt betrayed mm-hmm. by, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can fully understand her wanting to leave yeah and start kind of on her own potentially connect with her biological family i understand that mm-hmm. and i understand the family allowing her the time yes to do that without pushing her without making yeah tons of phone calls or, mm-hmm. or any of that i do get that but i feel like at, especially i'm just kind of like taking into account like the parents who adopted her Mm-hmm. you would think that they're the type of people who would want to take in somebody in need. That's why they made a decision to adopt. And Right. I feel like it would be hard for them to just allow things to be cut off for 30 years. Exactly. I understand potentially giving space a few months, mm-hmm. give that a while, but mm-hmm. not to do the follow-up. Yeah, and to know that... And then, you don't, the grandparents didn't call police at all. Like that's but my wait, niece. You, you that. said that she was like retroactively reported missing, right? She wasn't actually like on September twentieth, nineteen ninety one. Krista wasn't reported missing. She was later identified to have had a child, and said in twenty twenty three that they believe she went missing in ninety one. Right? No. And she was listed as going missing in September 20th, 1991. And that she was missing. So a missing persons report was filed in 1991? I suppose. They said that that's where she, the Charlie Project said that that's when she was listed as going missing. I don't know if the Charlie Project is as good as like a police report, but that's what they said. I'm, I'm curious to look that up that a little bit more because I think. From what you've told me so far, they didn't even know that she had a child until 2021 when her biological brother said. Mm -hmm. So how would they be reporting a missing person for somebody that they didn't even know existed? Right. Right. It's another weird thing. So I wonder if it's just like a retroactive, like, okay, now that we found out that she had a child and the last reported sighting... And then one week later, discovering the mother's body, we can say, as of 2023, that, or 2021, that this child has been missing since 91. Um, So, to me, it sounds like the report wasn't made in 91, but they are identifying that she has been missing since 91. That could very well be the case, because I'm not sure how the... I'm just going to take a look at the Charlie Project right now. I'm not sure how they list these things. Like, if um, 
if they list the date since they've been missing or if they list the date of the missing person's case filed. I would assume it's the date she goes missing because that's the more important date for people to be looking out for. Yes, it says missing since 9-2091. So I, I think you're right. I think you're right. It doesn't say like went missing 91. It says missing since. I just think if they, if the brother is the one who said that she had a daughter, investigators didn't know that. There's who, who would be reporting her missing without reporting her mother missing and potentially identifying her many years before that, if they know that they need to be looking for her. I don't know. I mean, I know that Christine was not reported missing. Christine was just found. Well, that's that's exactly my point. It makes no sense to me. Like, it, there are things that I maybe I just don't know, but it would make no sense to me to have her daughter reported missing and not her. That's why I think it's like a retroactive thing. They discovered that her daughter went missing. Yeah. 30 years previously. Yeah, because they don't until they interview. Like, it's still weird. Until they interview, they don't know that she's even missing. But by the Charlie Project website stats, she's she's been missing since September 20th, 1991. And that is the same exact date that they found Christine's body. So you could be potentially very right in that they just went back and said, okay, the missing date is the date the mother died. That's also very interesting to me, very specifically, that they gave it that date yeah. that she was found. Yeah. Because I am very curious, as we were talking before about the autopsy and, and everything, mm -hmm. I, to me, that, and this is, again, pure speculation, but if they're giving that date, they're saying that she likely died on that date. Because otherwise, they would probably say, if she died the day before... The, the 19th. Right, exactly. Yeah, they're saying Christine died on September 20th. And then now they're saying that her daughter additionally went missing on September 20th. So yeah, I it could be, a, I think it probably is a retroactive thing. And they just picked that same date. And I don't know why they wouldn't have like looked into it more and sa seen that she had been spotted a week well, they probably earlier, did. Yeah. And there's just probably stuff we don't know. Yeah, yeah. But by the website, the Charlie Project stats, Krista is missing from Staten Island, New York, and she is classified as, quote, endangered missing. She's white. Yeah, I think basically any kid that age is considered endangered. Yeah. Yeah. She's too young. Too young. You can't. Mm -hmm. She can't. She can't support herself. Yeah, yeah. you can't not be endangered. And. So at the time she went missing, this is going to be little help now, but at the time of her disappearance, she was only two years old, so she was two foot four and 30 pounds. She has brown hair and brown eyes. So really the only thing that we have to go on at this point for Krista is that she maybe still has brown hair and has brown eyes. Yeah, and it's also, they put that stuff in there in the hopes that maybe someone's right. memory is jogged. Uh, yeah. Right, right. And also, 
30 pounds does give you the signifier that if it were a whole abduction scenario, it would be easy because she seems quite petite. Yeah, I say 30 pounds is a little bit like I don't I don't know kids growth patterns me, well. Me neither. <laughs> um, but uh, one of my best friends has a one year old uh-huh. and he is a very large one year old. Uh-huh. Um, he's about 30 pounds, but he fits in 24 month clothing. So that's kind of where I'm thinking is like, he fits in 24 month clothing. He's about 30 pounds. So that's what age two, right? Yeah. <laughs> Girl, I'm Baba Yaga. I, I eat children. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I just know the last thing I bought him, I got him a, a 24 month because I wanted him to be able to wear it. Yeah. <laughs> and everything else I bought him was way too small. Yeah. I just, so just so another point there. Like she was only 30 pounds easily could be carried. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So now we're going to get into my questions and maybe questions that you have as well. And they're questions that we've kind of discussed a little bit. Because also, how did they not know Christine was dead? Were they just not a very close family? Did they never call her right? How were they not alarmed at not seeing their two-year-old niece at any time between this period in 91 all the way up to now? I wonder if there was also some sort of argument or something where Christine is like, don't contact Uh me. I need time. Just leave me alone. It's possible. And then, again, we said this multiple times. This is the early 90s. There's no internet Mm. to help track somebody down. Like, they could have truly not known where she was. Right. To have contact. Right. But I do think it is odd to not report like that well that's hard because it's like if if that happened and if christine said that to her family i feel like after a certain amount of time you might try to report her but at the same time you want to respect her wishes if that's what she said right what i'm wondering and you that has to be such a mental struggle to go through yeah like we've made the good point that not all families are super close. They're not always checking in and everything. So they may not have been checking in, but if you knew... They also just might not have known how. Like I said earlier, they all assumed she was living happily in Florida. But Yeah, like that... But that raises more questions for me. Why didn't you get a phone number? I, it seems weird to me, but at the same time, it doesn't. But if she didn't even know, like, she wasn't there yet, she hadn't moved anywhere yet, like, they probably were waiting for her her to call mm-hmm. saying here's my mm-hmm. new number here's my new yeah. address she never does yeah how are they supposed to find her yeah like you can go through the white pages as much as you want but how many cities are there in florida yeah and like, and the tricky thing here is that i wonder why because we know her biological brother told the police that the daughter was missing and that nobody reported that but her adoptive parents didn't report Krista missing either. If they didn't know. Yeah, that's true. They they let you know she left Christine left as an adult with her own child. Like she can do that. She can do that. And it sounds like there's a good possibility she left on angry terms. Could have been so. Could have been so. Could it Like that's that's just how my gut is listening to all of this. That's my gut feeling is 
she probably got in a fight and said, I'm out of here. Yeah, if not angry, at least shocked and stunned. Like, you know, it might have been revealed she was adopted. And, you know, you would be, I would be shocked and stunned. And my head would be reeling. I wonder how she found out. That's what I want to know. That's why I said earlier, I don't know if the moving to Florida and the not and the finding out about the adoption are linked. I don't know if they kept it a secret. It didn't say it anywhere. They said it was crazy. The reporters in the articles I read said how crazy it was just trying to track down the names of her adoptive parents. I wonder if there was even like the conversation of like, okay, I want to move to Florida. And then that conversation happened before the adoption conversation. Yeah. And then she just threw that plan out the window and that's how she ended up in Pennsylvania mm. because she didn't want them to find her. Yeah. Like there's so many different things that exactly. I feel yeah. like it could be. Well, so we're going to go on and talk a little bit about the crime scene as I know that I've mentioned before, and it is rough. Christine's identity was made public for the first time at a press conference on March 21st, 2023, when D.A. McMahon called the murder, quote, brutal and depraved. Christine was only, oh, Christine was only 30 years old when her body was found on September 20th, 1991. Okay, so we do know an age, at least a general age. A general age, yeah. So she's 30, yeah, 30-ish, could have been past a little past 30, young. She was found face up, handcuffed, partially clothed, and burned. The, oh, no, the burning was such that the Charlie Project stated, quote, her body was set on fire. A single source that may have been sensationalized, I'll give it that, said that her body was still smoldering when she was on, when she was found. I was going to ask, do you think the fire was where she was found or somewhere else? I think the fire was where she was found. You know what? I That's very interesting. I think they thought it was a good dumping spot and they thought it, they could set a fire there and nobody had noticed. Because it was a weed, just a weeded field. Well, I wonder if you said, I'm trying to find it earlier in your script. You said that they believe that her body was there at least six o'clock the night before her body was found. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there was a fire and someone saw it. Hmm. I'm yeah. wondering, like, how did they get six o'clock? That's so interesting mm -hmm. to me. How did they determine six o'clock? How did they? Yeah, yeah, it could be lividity. But you also think she could have been lying in the back of a car to get the lividity time frame like why 6 p.m the night before did someone see a fire or were they able to bring out a fire inspector and have him look at it that's also you might not get the timing as well though like you can but i like i i i could i know uh, people who are firefighters i could call and ask that question but i don't think you would necessarily have that same timing like at least like small window of timing of when a fire was started to ending, especially if it's a small fire. But I really wonder if there was an eyewitness who had no idea there was a body there. But yeah, I saw some some kids out in the field and they had a little fire going. Yeah. Well, the fire was bad enough that this was 
the reason that she was only identified by the tattoo. That doesn't need to be, be a big fire, though. Well, that I'm just trying to explain to you that the fire was so bad that, like, her facial features were gone. Any identifying marks were gone except for this tattoo. So that's just what Which is they... awful. Yeah, that's just the only way they could have identified her. So the fire may have been big enough that somebody could have seen it. It could have been like a campfire type of thing. You you can see that pretty far, especially in the dark. If she, because if she was that burnt, like that fire would have had to been going for a while. Mm, not that long, maybe an hour. Yeah, because it doesn't say that like it was the only her lower half was the only thing remaining. It just says it was the only way she could be identified. So it may have been that like her skin on her fingerprints were burned and her facial features were burned and that but the the still smoldering remark uh was only in one spot yeah and that that's just that kind of just spurred an idea but like i when i was a kid my grandma's house burned down and that took a few hours to burn down a whole house mm-hmm. and that that's kind of what i'm thinking about is you don't for for and it, this is very sad to say, but like for a body, you don't need the fire to be that big, and if a whole house and everything inside of it can burn in a few hours, you don't need a whole lot of time to burn a body, and you can have extensive damage. Exactly. So she, yeah, so she's unable to be identified, unable to do any of this because of this fire, and the articles and all the research I did never mentioned that her body was like gone or disappeared in any way just that it was unidentifiable because of course we like you and i know like a crematory has to reach a huge amount of heat yeah your standard fire won't reach that before it incinerates yeah it's got to be a huge amount so yeah either way the any normal identifying marks were burnt from the fire so they were stuck with just the tattoo and then the murderer left her body in the vacant lot like she was trash and not a young mother of a two-year-old child just so sad yeah just left her there david nilson confirmed and horrifically added that the hammer recovered at the scene had made 17 separate hammer blows to christine's head head Wow. Yeah. 17. On an auto body hammer, you know? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what an auto body hammer is. It looks like, um... I'm gonna look it up really quick. Yeah, it's, like, blunt, like, because it's specifically the kind that they're using to bang the dents out with. So it's, like, blunt, and it's got a slight curvature toward it, but it, it doesn't look like a normal hammer. To me. It has a very small, narrow head on it. Yeah. Um, and it's much smoother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't look like very much like a normal hammer to me. But they, they found 17... It looks much smaller, too. Yeah, and that might, under, that might play into this, because the 17 hammer blows from this, Nilsson also said that strangulation played a part in her death. The horrific reality becoming clear that Christine may have survived each of those 17 hammer blows. Especially considering the hammer is smaller. 
and then he strangled her. I say the just the basic Google search, the hammer looked much smaller than your standard hammer. Exactly. So seventeen blows, like that's a lot, and holy crap, that's so much. Like that's enough to get you down to where he could strangle you, which is, I think, what happened. Right. Which is incredibly like brutal, senseless, shocking. Seven. I can't imagine lifting my hand to another human and bashing them. That's a lie. There are a few people who I can imagine smashing with a hammer 17 times. Right. It's like a lot of podcasters use this. A lot of prosecutors use this idea in court. But like, just like knock on a table 17 times. Yeah. Yeah. In like a repetitive motion. And that's a long time. To continue to hit somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then to have them be down and you're still not done because you know they're not dead. So you strangle them and then light them on fire. Mm-hmm. So whoever it yeah. was, whoever it was, wanted Christine dead. Absolutely. Which is awful. But they, they clearly did everything they could to make sure that happened. Yes. And then, like we talked about before, it was also odd that she had been found where she was. And this is sort of the playing close to the chest. Investigators are still looking into why she was on Staten Island when she died. So they may know. Yeah, it's weird. They may know when they're not telling us. Because, like we said, she had last been seen in the Picanus. And... Police may know something about why she returned to New York. I don't. Yeah, there there could be even bank records or something. I'm sure she had her own bank accounts and everything away from her adoptive family at that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the investigators are still they they're still determining what brought Christine to Staten Island that night, and if Krista was with her, that sort of thing. Yeah, I wonder if there was, like, even, like, a something, even even as basic as going into a gas station and buying something baby-related. Mm-hmm. Diapers. Because it is interesting that they're saying that uh, Krista went missing from Staten Island and not Pennsylvania. Yeah. And and it would be easily tra- traceable through your seats. You're right. Because she's a young kid. You're going to need to buy diapers every which way but loose. Exactly. Yeah. So... McMahon stated, quote, we've already notified Belusco's family of her death because remember, this is the sorry, guys, it gets a little tricky timeline wise because there are two announcements. There's the announcement to the family in 2021. And this is McMahon speaking during the announcement to the public in 2023. Mm -hmm. So just to keep it clear, sorry, it's a little confusing, but he stated, quote, we have already notified Belusco's family of her death. And we continue to make all efforts to also locate Krista Nicole so we can let her know about who her mother was and what has been done to bring justice to this case. End quote. Remember, at this point, Krista, Christine's daughter, is still missing and has been for 30 years. And the the investigators were unable to determine where Krista was when her mother's murder took place or where she could possibly be. So that's another variable that they just don't know. Like, where was she? The only way... 
they just kept trying to narrow it down, finding her. And they even found the hospital that she was born at, Barnett Memorial Hospital in Patterson, New Jersey. Well, it was now closed. So that led to another dead end in the search for Krista. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those things that you either need that genealogy mm-hmm. to to show that at some point. Mm-hmm. Or as much as I truly hate to say it, there's a possibility that she was also murdered or yes. taken or or something else. Or trafficked or any any kind of horrible things. And I hate that, but that's a possibility. And yeah. we'll release everything that the police department has released as far as Krista goes. Every age progression photo, everything that they want, I will release on Instagram. And because we just want this, she's not a little girl anymore, but she should be found. And yeah, on March 22nd, 2023, the district attorney released a Facebook statement, which I found a little odd. Facebook? Really? So that's kind of common nowadays, I feel like. I see that in a lot of recent cases. Yeah. He released a Facebook post saying, quote, while Christine's killer remains unidentified, and the whereabouts of Krista Nicole are unknown. We are turning to the public to ask their assistance in bringing this case to a close and securing long-delayed justice in the case of the girl with the scorpion tattoo, end quote. And it is at this point that I become frustrated with the nickname. The family had been notified of Christine's untimely end, and an official release on Facebook where you might get a lot of eyeballs on it Use her name. Christine Belusco. Yeah. People would recognize that. Clearly, in 30 years, no one has recognized the nickname. Right. Like, you, yeah. you've you been using that for so long. Like, the girl with the scorpion tattoo. The girl with the scorpion tattoo. Girl with the scorpion. And that's another reason it reminds me of the Black Dahlia. Because if you had put out there, like, Christine Belusco, somebody might have said, I went to high school with a Christine Belusco and she traveled this route or whatever, you know? It's just, I mm-hmm. I don't like it when they give crime victims these nicknames. Like, there's nothing wrong with, like, in their wording of everything, saying for a long time she was only identified as the girl with the scorpion tattoo, but we now know her name. It's Christine Belusco. And, like, saying it that way... I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I... But I think you have a good point where it's like they should be putting out her name before they put out that description because it's no longer as relevant. Yeah. Especially, and a big part of this too, especially because of the placement of her scorpion tattoo. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's on an arm where people might like immediately recognize it and see like, oh yeah, I remember. I knew someone who had a scorpion tattoo on their arm. I haven't seen them in 30 years. Thank you. Thank you. they, it's not it's not anywhere 30 years no one would have recognized that no one has recognized that nickname and you're right why would they it was on her butt cheek and yeah it's just i just don't like these like i i understand like having to keep your jane Doe's straight and wanting to make sure their cases are followed but as soon as you identified quote, the girl is the scorpion tattoo, you should have changed all recorded stuff to Christine Belusco. 
Right. And like, again, you can say that in the description, like previously known right. for this. Previously. The tattoo can be important. Yes, exactly. With the distinguishing mark of a scorpion tattoo, Christine Belusco or mm-hmm. Christine Belusco, exactly. who had a marked tattoo on her, you know, like, meh. I get it. I get annoyed with the nicknames. Like these are people, people know them. And the search for the perpetrator of this vicious crime against Christine Belusco and the whereabouts of Krista is ongoing. We have no information known on who Krista's father is, according to McMahon. Still, in 2023, we still have no information. Because, of course, she Hmm. went missing when she was so young and we knew nothing about the father when she was alive. So... Right, I'm assuming he wasn't on her birth certificate. Right, and then I have something, it might be, might could be my own little theory, own little thoughts. But in the statement McMahon gave, quote, we're seeking the public's assistance to solve the homicide of Christine Belusco and determine the whereabouts of Krista Nicole. Police have said they can only speculate on the fate of Krista Nicole as they have turned up no trace of the child who would now be a 33-year-old. And it makes me think, If Krista was part of the crime and was abducted by her mother's murderers, she might not even know her true identity or that her mother was murdered. I was thinking the same thing. She might think she's somebody completely different. Yeah, she might not even know her name. Her birth name is Krista Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. She was only... She's so young that... She was only two. They could have easily changed that for her and it wouldn't have affected her terribly greatly at that point like it probably did she if this is the case she probably has some sort of psychological trauma from it mm-hmm. but she wouldn't remember why right and what happened right so and i think i read an article oh gosh it was a while ago that this has happened before that oh yeah it, that people's mothers are murdered and they're abducted and then they're raised as someone completely differently until one day they realize they've been raised by their abductor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that could be the case. Definitely possible. And as we said, McMahon's office is continuing to work on Christine and Krista's case, but he did release the information that investigators believe Christine's murderer was known to her. He first said, quote, There is no indication at all that this was some sort of serial killer out on the prowl who picked her up. And I'm sure he said that because everybody was like, what the hell, what the hell, what the hell, you know? Right. But then he went on to say, quote, there's absolutely no indication that this was done by anyone other than someone who knew her. Given the facts of the case and what transpired in the way that she was murdered, That clearly makes us think that this was someone who knew her. It's an intimate type of murder, McMahon said. And it chills me to my bones, an intimate murder. In so many of the cases we cover can be like this, but I've never heard of the word intimate to describe them. And it just puts a... Oh, it puts a... It is, it is a whole chilling feeling, though. Yeah, it puts a whole new layer on these vicious crimes, like, that you did this... I also don't necessarily agree with that, either. I understand why he's saying it, but I've never been one to fully agree with that idea. 
that that it it was one person or that it was a crime of no because well i'm assuming the reason he's saying intimate murder Mm -hmm. is the whole crime of passion Mm -hmm. idea which to me those are the same thing that's Mm -hmm. yeah um basically saying that whoever did this it was a crime of passion that's why there were 17 blows to her head Mm -hmm. it was somebody who was so filled with passion in the moment and whether that passion is is rage or love or whatever it is that's kind of why they they use it that way and and use the term intimate murder Mm -hmm. but i don't necessarily agree with that because i feel like i've seen so many cases where there are extensive blows to somebody and they were strangers and i think Mm -hmm. a lot of that comes from adrenaline yeah and comes from something away from passion and intimacy or it can be passion and intimacy that is unrelated to the victim themselves it could be in relation to the act so i i i've learned to kind of not use crime of passion or intimate murder in relation to somebody being strictly somebody that they would have known right right and i don't know that is just da mcmahon's theory and that is the current... It's used a lot. And I just learned to... Personally, I don't always agree. Yeah. No, no. Of course not. Yeah. But that is the theory they're currently working. And they may have more evidence than that. That's just a basic description. Yeah. Because McMahon then stated, though, that they're still working on the case. He says, quote, We have pretty much run down all the leads we can in trying to locate the individuals who would know Krista Nicole and any other leads that may help us solve the help us in solving the underlying crime. Investigators said they could not discuss the last days of Christine Belusco's life or why she came to Staten Island, citing the continuing investigation as reported by the New York Times. So they're definitely holding stuff back from us. Yes, it sounds like there's definitely guilt knowledge or holdback evidence there. Or maybe it's also possible they just don't know. Yeah, yeah. And they're not clearly saying that to us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't want to say, of course, that we're like, we don't know what this murder was. You know, we don't, nobody wants to say that. (laughs) But they did, they did say that they're still working the case and that maybe they've got, Maybe they've got something. I hope if they do, they can build on it or someone comes forward. Oddly, oddly, Dorothy Belusco died in 2000 and Frank Belusco died two years later. According to the newspaper, both obituaries named Christine Belusco and her daughter as survivors. That doesn't surprise me at all. It could have been misprint. Uh, no not even a misprint they i i get the impression and this is just based through our conversation that they did believe that she was alive and that she didn't want to talk to them i that's just my gut feeling i think so too but that would make sense what they would add her to the obituary but it would make sense to me that would they would be listed as they are preceded in death by their daughter christine velusco she wasn't identified. They d- they thought she was out there. In 2000? No, she? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. She was unidentified. They had no idea that she was dead. She was still unidentified. Yeah, yeah. 
that to me is more evidence that they probably really did care for her and love her and tried to give her her space. Right. And they obviously had the hope that she was alive and happy. You know, you you might not have heard from her, but you might be. That makes me so sad that they died and they were just hopefully waiting for their adoptive daughter to reach out. And she never got a chance to bounce back from maybe a secret that had been kept and she didn't get a chance to reconnect with them that's that's so sad but also i'm also kind of glad they didn't know what happened to her Mm -hmm. that's true that could be more painful it's horrific the burning i couldn't even though they're adoptive parents they're her parents yeah yeah that would hurt them so much to know that yeah because very early on, as I said, she was placed immediately into adoption as an infant. Dorothy and Frank adopted Christine as an infant baby. So, yeah, it's so sad. Because, yeah, the burning, like, uh, we, we brought up identifying the body earlier. And I was like, I can't bring up the burning twice because it's just so, gra- like, they, so graphic. They just right. burnt her beyond, beyond recognition of but attack two. That is disgusting that is just and who knows they may have not even known about her tattoo mm-hmm. yeah so maybe they even like saw this in the news and had no idea she was found face up and clothed uh, we're partially nude but face up but i mean the parents oh the parents i don't know yeah yeah she may have never told her parents that she got a tattoo on her butt no like, yeah why would you <laughs> They would really only find out if, if they saw it or if she told them because they're probably not going to see it. Right. And so they may have even seen articles about this this girl and had no idea that it was their adoptive daughter. Like, that's all speculation, but like, just... Yeah, it's true. It, it's, it's possible. It's true. And D.A. McMahon stated, we can never bring her back, but we want Krista Nicole to know and her family... That she was never forgotten. Anyone with information that can lead to the identity of Belusco's killer or the whereabouts of Krista Nicole Belusco is urged to contact the Staten Island District Attorney's Office at 718-556-7085 by email at info at rc d a dot n y c dot g o v or the nypd crime stoppers line at 1-800-577-TIPS sam any final thoughts on christine and krista belusco i think we discussed a lot of them we did we did i i would love i i hope that Krista is out there Mm -hmm. and I feel like if she is this is kind of the perfect opportunity for the um, DNA and genealogical testing yes to help yes the I really hope someday I really hope that she's out there someday and this is traumatic but I hope she gets a 23andMe result or something that leads her to pursue what happened to her mother and where she is yeah. currently. And like I said, I do hope she is alive. And, and who knows? Like she, as we mentioned, she she could have been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. But also if 
she was if her mother was taken and she was left behind someone else could have found her right and she could have been an unidentified child who went into the foster care system or the adoptive system right and lived a similar life to her mother at that point like who really knows yeah yeah she could have a whole new she could have been adopted be living a whole new life and not know what happened to her mother and Maybe it's better that way. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I hope if she is out there, she is happy. Me too. Thank you all for listening to Have You Heard About This Case. If you liked this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or follow our show on Spotify. You can find us on Instagram at Have You Heard About This Case Pod, on TikTok at HYHATC, or you can email us at Have You Heard About This Case at gmail.com. Thanks, and we'll talk to you later.